In today's quest, we explore the beginning of the end for the Vandal Kingdom. This is the quest for power. Welcome back to the quest for power where we are ranking and reviewing all of the European monarchs from the early Middle Ages to World War I. We are your rankers and reviewers, Scott and Michael, and we had the distinct pleasure of reviewing the, uh, the ever-so-iconic Geyseric the Cruel. He was fun. I enjoyed him last week. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a nice little like breath of uh, fresh air. Well, also again, we get the uh, the joys of the sacking of Rome, I guess. Or is it really the sacking of Rome, or is it just like the picking clean? Like, because <laughs> yeah, you, you know, the... I when I think sacking of Rome, I I really do feel like when people say, oh, you know, Rome was sacked, I really do feel like that people like in in the spirit of rome like you know truly dying it's like oh that's the the vandals but when it comes to like the sacking of rome i feel like people talk about the visigoths because you know they're the yeah, ones who kind of stormed exactly. the place it's yeah it feels like that they're kind of mixed and matched because you know we in the sake of condensed history we say oh rome fell because of uh barbarian tribes yeah germanic barbarian tribes and they don't really like distinguish like that oh yeah the visigoths and the vandals are completely two separate people and in their case they hate each other so they really aren't the same people so oh they're like big time rivals as we're as we keep getting into the uh but what's interesting is like alaric's sack it was much more violent it was much more brutal there was blood in, in the streets and even though like he sectioned off churches and stuff like you couldn't attack or anything like that it was still pretty brutal yet that didn't do nearly the amount of damage that geyseric did with his peaceful sacking where he just took everything that was and wasn't like nailed down yeah, like I said, just the uh, the methodic kind of picking clean of everything. It's kind of a it's kind of amusing, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was. It uh, it's always interesting to watch Rome, and we're gonna keep watching Rome fall over and over and over again from all these different viewpoints. Like from the Visigoths, you saw from their viewpoint, it was something that happened, you know, way far away a little bit. Like they were a nuisance, but we're on to you know bigger fish to fry. We're dealing with the Franks versus the the vandals are directly involved in the fall of rome and for crying out loud um as we uh explored last week like one of the roman princesses is married to well today's king hunneric and it, it it's much more personal to them when rome falls oh yeah for sure so but uh in order for us to not fall like rome we gotta improve yes gotta we do, do what rome didn't we gotta improve gotta get better how do we do that easy pod chaser give us a review we say we cra say we crave feedback give it to us podchaser.com 
or you can give us an email at which some point Michael will give us the actual email as he does in every episode. I'll give it to you right now. It's it's uh, questforpowerpod at gmail.com and we will read every five-star review from Podchaser at the end of the show. Uh, and uh, so if you want to talk about something directly live on the show, you can go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Otherwise, if you email us and I find it like interesting enough alone and just that, uh, we'll discuss that too on the show. We are about to have a whole host of kings where we may need something else to talk about because uh, we are at the top of the roller coaster. It's like the top throw dragster, I think, at... Um, Oh, what's Cedar that? Point. Cedar Point. That's it. Where we have Hunter X, um, rain. Not Hunter X. Gunder X rain. There's so many X. Um, uh, no, we have uh, his uh, his brother's rain, the first yes. king that we review. Gunder X rain, which is like the the steady, you know, rise. And then we have Geyser X rain, where we just skyrocket forward. And then every other king afterward is a skyrocket downward. So we just get to explore the utter complete collapse of the of the Vandal kingdom. And uh, honestly, it should be called the Geyseric kingdom because he's the only one who did anything with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel. Just from the uh, connotations and everything else we've talked about, it's just been kind of... Uh... Everything else has been a little bit. Of, it's a, it's a, sounds like it'll be a little bit of a slump, but uh, you know, that just means uh, that there will be the faster they fall. That means there will be more room for uh, us to cover other people. Yes, and to tear them apart because that's always a good time. Uh, speaking of tearing apart, we haven't done raiding online in a in in a while, and by a while, I mean over a week. What have you been up to? Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, what have I been up to? Probably a lot of Age of Empires, trying to prepare for D&D. You know, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a that, lot of that's trying a... to figure out, uh, you know, a new player getting into the game. So it's like trying to craft on how you may introduce their character. I mean, you you fly by the seat of your pants when you're DMing anyway. You do a really... I think that's like when you are at your best, is when you're I'd just say, coming yeah. up with stuff on the fly. So I think you'll be able to do really well at it. Yeah, it, it's just like you got to have at least a little bit of thoughts in, in your head beforehand. But yeah, yeah, it is true. I do kind of just wing it a, a lot of the time. <laughs> So, yeah, which makes you a perfect co-host for this where I have to, you know, meticulously go through the sources and everything. And then you just wing your your reactions and such. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I've <laughs> been training my whole life for this very moment. <laughs> this very so. moment in time. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alrighty, speaking of sources, we have once again Jordanes from the Visigoth's point of view, and uh, we will continue to have him for quite some time, um, anytime the Visigoths are involved, because he must exalt them and tear everyone else apart. And then we have Victor of Vida, who is a contemporary historian who wrote in detail about the persecutions of the Catholics under the Vandals. He wrote books that were dedicated to how horrible the Aryans were to the Christians in the Vandal Kingdom. And of course, we have our favorite Victorian, Gibbon, 
who paints Geyseric as a savage tearing apart the fabric of Rome because the Victorians loved Rome and did not like the barbarians for some reason. I mean, he did tear the fabric of Rome apart. That's that's Literally. a pretty fair yeah, characterization. He he he, he kind of did do that. That is true. That's that's it's not yeah. character assassination here. Yeah, no, that's truth. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> anyway, on to the main quest. Alrighty, so we're in the chambers. The heralds enter the room and announce, "All rise and do reverence to Hunneric, first of his name." King of the Alani and Vandals. You are going to be shocked when you hear this. We do not know when Hunneric was born. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't keep birth certificates back then. No. No, they didn't really care about who you were before you became anything. His father, as we stated in the last episode, was Geyseric the Cruel, who built the Vandal Kingdom that Hunteric now rules over. And uh, I don't think he will ever amount to anything like Geyseric, which is always... Every time we have a great, magnificent leader, the per- their, their children that come after are always just a huge disappointment. And I know we're really setting up for a wonderful episode. But don't get me wrong, the disappointment is fun to go through. Yeah, that's what the rating system is for. Like, of course, it's the uh, it's the highs and the lows that are that make for a <laughs> make for a good time. <laughs> it's, that's what that's why we like roller coasters, the up and downs. Well, you like roller coasters. I, I do don't not. Like roller co- I personally, oh. I I do not. I like water coasters. Those are fine, but not actually roller coasters. Those yeah, terrify. I, ha- I hate heights. Terrify. Yeah. I'm fine with heights. It's just something with roller coasters. I don't like the drop. I can go twist and turn all day long and go really fast, uh, but it's going I, up. I hate going up. Oh, that too, because well, because you know you're going down. That's nah. Once I'm once I'm going down, it's usually fine. Like Uh-oh. I've been on I've been on at least a couple roller coasters, and it's just like that's the it's the tension. I hate oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see that, that. Like I said, the Latin also yep. it's like heights, right? Like. It's going up. Like, when you're going down, you're like, yeah, ground. That stuff's safe. (laughs) It's where the good stuff is, you know? You just don't want to hit it at a very high rate of speed. Yeah. But, yeah, the, uh, I say, I've been on a couple, like, rides here and there, and it's, like, I think the most miserable ride being, like, the Tower of Terror. Oh, that sounds, yeah, I've heard about that, where it's just. The seatbelt was loose. drops. Ooh no no yeah so you. like when you were going down you, I didn't remember just lifting Ooh. off the seat and I was like oh this is oh. awful like no, I, I feel like I'm hanging you. on for dear life Oof. apart from that like it might have been kind of fun but like it was literally like going up because it's it's all in it's pretty much it, it's all indoors it's you know it's an indoor ride oh okay um, with there is some views that go outside but like for the most part it's indoors cuz you're supposed to be in, in like in an elevator shaft is the idea. Oh god. Um so it was basically the thoughts of like going up were like here we go again and then going down was shit 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 and then you'd hit the bottom I'd be like ow and then like that kept going on for like I don't know what felt like 5 minutes or something. You didn't like tighten the belt or anything when you were finally on the ground? Oh. Oh, that would be terrifying. I would be yeah. losing my mind. Yeah, I was uh, not having a great time. Thankfully, I think I had like a little like handhold 
that I could kind of like try and like, you know, anchor myself with because I was like, man, this is a rough ride. I mean, the the closest I can come to that is we were hiking in or backpacking in the Rockies and I almost fell off. I Well, I didn't almost. I did fall off like uh, a cliff area when I was looking for the the path and turns out the path wasn't there but thankfully i had a rope tied around me and the people caught me but um yeah that that wasn't fun either that was yeah. that was that was kind of terrifying so never again yeah so all right well, well back back to hutterick yeah <laughs> we yeah to say we had i say we're talking about our awful falls so let's get back to hunterick's fall yes exactly we know he has a mother but that's about it I there's no knowledge of her name or history anywhere. The vandals didn't seem to really care for women, except for there's um, one queen down the road that we'll talk about, but that's because she causes problems for another king. So I mean, they they just were worse than the Visigoths. At least with the Visigoths, we got names. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. His father, in 435, sent him as a hostage to Rome as a pawn in some sort of agreement between him and Rome. So, real f- good fatherly figure, you know. That's that that's that's stuff to look up to. I'm sure he was at least taken care of somewhat well. Yes, hostages are, sound a lot worse. I mean, they were bad because if your father did anything rash or anything, you would just, your throat would be cut. But for the most time, part they were like part of the court you know they 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 let's put it this way their life was way better off than a peasant who had to work you know day and night in the in the farms for like little to nothing oh yeah well apparently uh geyseric did not act harsh harshly enough because uh (laughs) hunterick made it through he's he lived long enough to make it to this episode so i wonder when he was released from rome because it makes it seem like he was in Rome at the time when Geyseric was coming to, you know, dethrone a uh, person we're about to talk about as Maximus. And I don't know why Maximus, he must have been so afraid of Geyseric that he just decided to run off, that he didn't, you know, slay his son as, like, retribution. I guess. It feels like Geyseric's a guy who wouldn't stop if his son died. No, I I, I think, if anything, that would just... Uh, maybe that was to save the city from not being murdered, because I bet you he would go full Genghis Khan if his son was killed as part of a prisoner. Yeah, probably. And so maybe that was that was more of a population thing. Anyway, as we have discussed in three episodes now, maybe four episodes, I think we talked about it even last week, he may have had a marriage, a first marriage to the Visigothic princess, who is the daughter of Theodoric, who also uh, Jordanes did not deem worthy to have a name. But he does fill fill us in that Geyseric implicated her in a plot to poison Geyseric and had her nose and ears chopped off and sent those and her and her back to Theodoric. So that's not good when your father is mutilating your wife and then sending her back to your in-laws who now probably want to attack you. Yeah, but you know what? They're like on the other side of the Mediterranean, so... 
I mean, that is what true. And they, they have had a, a history of having trouble with boats in the Mediterranean. Yeah. They never can quite seem to cross it. Yeah, it's kind of a safe bet. I don't, honestly, the with them being so far apart, it kind of does feel a little silly to have the, uh, the uh, marriage in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, it... it I, I don't know if it was because the Visigoths, like, up to that point were, like, a little bit more stronger, but it's not like the Vandals wanted that alliance or would have wanted that alliance, or maybe they did at one point, and then the the Visigoths just completely collapsed, and the Vandals went, we just want to rid ourselves of that alliance because they are not doing us anything, you know, it's what have you done yeah. for me lately type deal. But another thing, quickly for the story for those who have been listen to our previous episodes this episode this story is a little suspicious because it comes from jordanes who has a vested interest in portraying the visigoths in a good light while portraying their bitter rivals the vandals as evil and it's not corroborated by any other source other than jordanes and we know that he that the vandal that um sorry we know that the other sources hate the vandals with a burning passion. Just about everyone hates the Vandals because of Geyseric just took them to town. That they would have included a story like this. And I believe I was also looking, hearing this on a different podcast, but it seems like the cutting the ears and the nose is like a common trope in stories because it, apparently it happened in one of the, the Viking sagas. So that was more evidence to me that Mm, this wasn't real because it just didn't make sense that any of this would have happened yeah i mean but you can't just make stuff up in a book though <laughs> just because it's a hey, everything on the internet is true i mean yeah exactly and and uh, the other thing is hunrick was a roman hostage at this time she if she was to have poisoned geyseric or even be implicated in that plot, she would have to be living over in Carthage where Geyseric is. Wouldn't wouldn't Hunneric and his wife be living together at the same time? You'd assume, but who knows? Yeah, like I'm, that was the other thing that I was like, oh, this is this is a little suspicious. Anyway, whatever the truth is. In the mid-440s, he was available to be betrothed to the five-year-old Roman princess Eudocia when his father Geyseric put the screws to Rome and forced a marriage between the two families, which gave Geyseric legitimacy over rule in Carthage, which was previously Roman land. Quite a bit of mouthful, but obviously we get to see the beginnings of having five-year-olds married to cement um, alliances and peace, which is kind of scary and frightening at the same time. Well, I guess it's the same thing. Yeah. Disgusting at the same time. Yeah. More disgusting, but I feel like that's, you know, that those were just the times, right? Yeah. Unfortunately. However, the betrothal was broken and Rome unwisely told Geyseric to go pound sand and that the marriage was off. And before Rome could do anything, they decided to start fighting amongst themselves. And Eudocia's father, Valentinian III, was assassinated by his general Petronius Maximus, which is still a great name, no matter how many times we say it, even though he was pretty pathetic. 
Maximus, then being the gentleman he was, forced Eudocia to marry his son Palladius when he forced himself on her mother Eudoxia. Not a great guy. And um, as we discussed last episode, there's rumor that Eudoxia, uh, that Eudoxia wrote a letter to Geyser basically saying, please, you know, please uh, help me, rescue me. And he didn't need to be told twice to go march into Rome and take everything they have. That's what she wanted, right? She yeah. wanted him to, to, to take everything from Rome, right? Yeah, I think that's what she wanted him to do was just to sack Rome, take everything, including her and her children, and force them back to Carthage on a boat. I think that was nice. And then also in 460, Eudocia and Hunneric finally tied the knot in a lovely romantic ceremony, I'm, I am assuming, with all the pomp and circumstance of a decaying empire. And then their son Hilderic was born shortly after. Sometime after Hilderic was born, but before Geyseric passed away, Eudocia, who is Nicene Christian, today Catholic, left Hunneric, who was Arian Christian due to religious differences, and lift, lived out the rest of her days in Jerusalem. So his wife had already left him before he became king. That's pretty rough. Now, now queen. Yeah. The no. bachelor king. <laughs> And we don't hear of any more queens or romantic interests that he has because, well, when his father dies, he happens to be about 50 to 60 years old and he inherits the throne. So, oh, yeah, well past his prime. Correct. Well past his prime. And being... For some reason, Geyseric, I said in last episode, I need to make a correction. I know, terrible me. I said that Geyseric said that um, he made it primogeniture so that the, you know, the old his oldest son would inherit the throne. It is the oldest male relative. And okay. this is a key difference because for the reason of this, the rest of the Vandal Kings are going to be all these old men that don't fight. So no wonder why they fell apart. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like a pretty big flaw in the plan. There is that uh, having a bunch of just like old guys running your uh, government. Yeah, especially in a <laughs> vandal warrior-like society. Like, even, no matter what, they had to pretend they were like warriors or at least you know don armor, even though you're old and too too old for that crap. That you still had to do it. Can't lift a sword. In the beginning of his reign, Hunneric saw what his father did to the Christians and, and the African Romano subjects and how he was pretty iron-fisted with them. And he thought, ah, Dad was a little harsh, and maybe that wasn't the great greatest thing. So being the nice guy he was, he restored merchant property that his father seized from the magnets. He stop persecuting catholics he thought hmm, maybe you don't really need to murder people just because they believe in god and jesus are the same person revolutionary thought and then he allowed for the election of the position bishop of carthage which was vacant for over 24 years because geyseric was not about that life 
It sounds like uh, sounds like he's inviting a bunch of uh, dissidents into his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like step four of your reign was, you know, eliminate your enemies before they eliminate you, not invite them in. Well, maybe something snapped or he uh, he realized why his father was the harsh ruler he was because all of a sudden immediately like not maybe not immediately it was sometime after the bishop was elected he just completely snapped he banished all the catholic bishops back to corsica he started persecuting the christians with like renewed religious passion like really went after them this time and then he confiscated the property that he basically return to the merchants what what caused him to flip like that did he remember like a fight with his wife over religion or something (laughs) yeah i i it really does feel like he's just projecting a lot of that uh to get all freudian here feels like he's projecting a lot of that onto his governing but either that or he came to his senses was like you know this large political body religious slash political body may not be in my best interest (laughs) yeah and christians weren't the only ones he despised he persecuted a group called the manichaeans have scott have you ever heard of manichaeism uh sounds familiar but i couldn't tell you a thing about them apart from the fact they're a group (laughs) it is very complicated and someday maybe i want to do a deep dive and like research the hell out of them and and like them and zoroastrianism both of them are fascinating to me but according to wikipedia so you know god's law manichaeism focuses on the struggle between a good spiritual world of light and an evil material world of darkness and between those two i don't know you have what you know what is today i don't know what it comes but it comes from mesopotamian religious roots so like the dawn of civilization yeah. and the gnosticism which were the gnostics are there's a many books that were left out of the bible and some of those were called the mysteries of the gnostics or something like that i may be butchering this but i remember it was something like that where they believed some of what christianity said but not everything yeah so so christians <laughs> and what's well here's the thing is christianity believes jesus is like the savior and what this religion which was created believes that a parthian individual named manny is the final prophet after zoroaster buddha and jesus Mm. that's a crazy mixture of religions all into one that's like four religions into into one religion shit i was just making fun of the fact that we tend to be selective on stuff but Uh, yeah, that's kind of crazy mix. Well, well or rather, yeah. maybe it's more like that it was that we that we later broke them out. <laughs> they must have been stamped out because I don't. Maybe there is groups um, participating in it today, but I haven't seen like too many things. A lot of it is historical uh, texts related to them and yeah. the Roman I, Empire. Is enough that I am at least familiar with like at least in you know I'm at least familiar with the name of like Zoroastrianism so yeah can't tell yeah. you why but i i'm at least familiar i think Zoro- zoroastrianism came from the parthian empire 
if I remember correctly. And I think they did something around fire. And I only remember uh, that because I'm a pyromaniac. And I'm going to remember anything that worships fire. Fire cleanses. Yes, it does. Anyway, back to Hunter reverting to the ways of his father. Also like his father, he had several members of the Hastinki dynasty executed and exiled if they were lucky enough to ensure that his son Hilderic succeeds him under the ruling of the oldest male secedes to the throne. I don't know why he just didn't change <laughs> change it instead of killing everyone, but I guess he followed step four of his father was kill your heir threats before they get you yeah doesn't really sound like he's doing all that terribly so all things considered just no a little sporadic yeah he's just kind of maybe it's just because we just don't have enough but this is when things start going terrible towards the end of his reign hunrick lost quite a bit of land in algeria to the moors who will later become a significant problem for both the visigoths and the vandals and a little side note, more is a term that the Christian Europeans used to describe Muslim groups that lived in northern Africa, the Iberian Peninsula, Sicily, or Malta during the Middle Ages. And these type of these this particular group of Moors was like a uh, was like a tribe, almost like a barbarian tribe, you know, like the Visigoths were when they were nomadic, um, mm. living inside the Vandal Kingdom. So these are the reason that you get a uh, more Muslim presence in uh, Africa and Spain, a little bit of Spain. Yes, yeah. I, I think we eventually will cover the Muslim caliphate, in which we'll really get an in-depth uh, view of how all of that um, presence comes in. And basically why we have the issues that are going on in the Middle East is basically because of the Crusades and all of that other nonsense that's been going on since medieval times what's that europe caused problems in the middle east i know how oof, shocking yeah well anyway victor avita finally tells us that hunterick dies on december 23rd 484 by putrefaction and quote in abundance of worms Ugh. at is terrible. So he just got like um Eaten like flesh eating bacteria. Pretty much. And uh some historians call bullshit on the way he dies for some reason. I actually kinda of, this is one of the very few things that I believe that could happen, flesh eating bacteria in those days. Yeah, I I don't know the total definition of putrefaction, but I do know that it basically just means like decay type. Or that's the, the connotation. So. Yeah, yeah. Again, you didn't watch, and this hasn't been said in a while. The Game of Thrones House of Dragon, but the king dies like this sort of way, and uh, it's really yeah. unsettling to say okay. the least. I say okay. I had to Google it, so yes, it is uh, just uh, body or organic matter decaying and rotting. Yeah, so, like a living corpse, which would be yeah. horrifying. The reason I knew that, because Putrefy is a magic card. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Magic coming in handy. Yeah, so. Yeah, I at least had the connotation, so. Yeah. Despite him murdering most of his family members, his son, Hilderic, did not succeed him. Instead, his nephew, 
Gunthamund was crowned king. And that's all we have for Hunterick's reign. Oh, boy. Lot, lots of lots It's of pretty stuff. prophetic. You know, maybe that's why they call bullshit on his death. It's because it's prophetic. They're like, oh, he's rotting and decaying and, you know, getting eaten <laughs> by worms, eaten, eaten alive by worms. You know, it's almost a little too prophetic for the for the vandals. Yeah. So, you know, it may have just yeah. been just died of natural causes and they're just like, oh, well, this guy kind of sucked. So we're just going <laughs> to. Because, yeah, because the Christians hate hated yeah. him he was not Hunrik was l- disliked just as much as geyserich was by victor avita and um the other reason they called bullshit on that is because it seemed apparently it was at like that little detail was like added in later so I don't know how if it was like a little script that was written at the end like a note or something like or graffiti but that's what the sources I was reading was talking about I believe that yeah that that that's kind of a fabrication because it just feels like well yeah it's just too too prophetic and an abundance of worms it just it gets you it gives you just this very like unclean vision of this guy yeah and it's yeah it rem- it reminds me of being seized by the demon and you know dragged to hell that way. I mean, that wasn't real. <laughs> I don't know. Well, are you ready to rank him? Yeah, let's. With what we got, we'll we'll do our best. Alrighty, sounds good. Royal power. How well did he acquire, wield, and maintain? He remained in power until his death. It wasn't until the end of his reign that he lost some land to the Moors. He seemed to keep his inner circle intact in terms of power. I mean, he had a lot of his family members killed, so like he took out threats before they could get him. Yeah. But that's it. That's all I got. I don't got much. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get some points for maintaining his power a bit, but, you know, he kind of loses some uh i don't know give him like a three i'll echo that three all right for a total of six look at that infamy so this is all i got he is most well known for his persecution of nicene christians and manichaeans and by well known is he had a particular thirst for this he really went after them I mean, murder was not out of the question for him to to get people to convert or else. Or just to kill them, even if they didn't give him a chance to convert. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it is a pretty big one. but It is a big one. Uh, a I'll, I'll give him like a four. I'm going to give him a three. Okay. So, total of seven. Religious passion. By all accounts, he was a fanatical Aryan Christian. I mean, he tortured and persecuted Christians, uh, Nicene Christians. So, gotta give yeah. him some points for that. I didn't. See I mean, if it's he pretty good. Any... Like, it yeah. sounds like he went pretty uh, hard on the. You know, I I, I guess I, I say first I was gonna give him like a nine, but I think I want to backtrack a tiny bit give him like a good like seven because he was soft at first <laughs> yeah that's true like i don't know what's that's up with good that reasoning 
like yeah, he I really remember. like it was a re- real soften up like yeah you know he kind of snapped back but like boy was it just like you're just like what on earth is with this guy like i wonder if it was like the stereotypical kid i can do better than what my parents did i think what my dad did was wrong and then he quickly realized maybe there's a reason dad did this that's the only thing i can come up with that's some dangerous talk there you can't you can't admit your parents are right i know terrible yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i i'll give him a seven too i agree all right for a whopping 14 stability this one is out of five there was some instability oh um, yeah the farther away you get from the capital of carthage so for him and every reign after there's this nice stable you know around the capital area around the capital but the more you get further and further away from it the lesser influence they have and the more likely more raiding parties are going to come and raid your city or take away land or set your farm on fire oh i'll give him a one (laughs) yeah i'll also give him one or two points royal demise also out of five i'm gonna say just for story wise he died by worms because we got nothing else um (laughs) dying by worms eating you the inside out and dying from putrefaction is oh (laughs) it's awful (laughs) it's awful it is a it is if you were to hate someone that is the way you would want them to go like truly bitter hatred I don't know if yeah. it's a five, but I think it's a four. Like uh, that's pretty I, rough. I guess it, it doesn't feel like it is uh, all that for me, but oh, okay. uh, so uh, I, I'm gonna put it at a two. Oh, alrighty. So two and four for six. I think for mine is I actually got to see it on Game of Thrones and was you know saw it for an entire season. So it's just it it's was just kind of impactful. like a slow yeah agonizing a slow agonizing and death. Yeah, like you're it, usually when it comes to stuff like that, depending on where it is, usually your best recourse is amputations. Like that's yeah, that's about like that's about as good as it's gonna get for you. And like from my understanding is that oftentimes even in today that like amputations are like like that is a that can be a cause of amputations is things like flesh eating bacteria and like just things where your when your flesh begins to rot that that is that can often be your uh recourse so no fun no kind of yuck horrific yeah even i think uh if you get frostbite bad enough you have to get amputated yeah well that one's that one's like yeah a little different right because that's that's like you're just getting frozen but like you know you can't you know one like for a lot of like like flesh eating bacteria sometimes that you know they can you'd think with like a lot of today's modern medicine they'd be able to like kill off like oh yeah kill it all off or something but we're not always there and then there's some stuff that's just resistant to um antibiotics and things Mm -hmm. so joys the joys of stuff we'll have to look forward to in the future as more and more things (laughs) theoretically become resistant to uh antibiotics yeah i'm not looking forward to that i think uh the the era we lived in is gonna create some pretty 
nasty super bugs that are gonna haunt us in the future Alrighty, so for Dynasty, I got some new information. It was said he was a patron of public works and art. So that's kind of cool. Uh, today's Roman ruins of Hadrimetum uh, was renamed Honoricopolis, replacing the name Honoriopolis after <laughs> Honorius. And then later, it was renamed Justinianopolis after Justinian wiped out the Vandals. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> so I mean, he, he kind of had something. He had a city named after him for a hot second. Killed the next guy. <laughs> yeah. His and Eudocia's son, Hilderic, does end up reigning despite not see, succeeding his father directly. So... He's also got yeah, yeah. that going for him. Not it, much to go with. Yeah. Um, but I do, you talked about coins last week, so I was proactive, and I found a coin minted in Carthage during his reign. So if you want to take a look, we'll post these on Facebook. Kind of horrific. Not, yeah, I'm not sure what that picture on the left, I, I mean, I know what it's supposed to be, I guess. It's a person, but in a and wearing a helmet in you know some uh armor yeah but, uh, and there's like some like leaves stamped on the edge there yeah um, yeah i'm not yeah kind of it's not great it's not great but it's i don't know it's surprisingly good though although i would never be like oh that's our you know lord <laughs> i don't know uh geyseric the cruel yeah, well, that's supposed to be Hunterick. I think each king. Is it? Yeah, each king stamps their face on it after oh, the next well. one passes. So for each king, so for each like successive king, I found like coins for each of them, and you know, they're basically kind of the same, but kind of not. Yeah, I mean it's pretty fair, but so you know, what, what? What is this coin made out of? <laughs> Lead. I think this one is lead. A later king is going to is going to reform how the coin the coinage system, and that's mm. that's exciting stuff. Because yeah, usually you want to use softer metals, and well, yeah, lead was used for a great metals. many things due to its softness. I don't know what this particularly was, but they also wanted to use it out of you know precious metals, so it was actually worth something. Um, because if you debase the currency, that's how rapid inflation goes. Yeah, but. Alrighty. So how much do you give for all of that? Eh, three. I'm going to give him a two. Yeah. Alright. So, for five. Alrighty, how many is that out of total points? Uh, 20 and 20 for 40. Ooh. It evened out in the end. How the mighty had fallen. 40's not terrible. It's not zero or like 20, but yeah. it's not great. He, I think he did well in the religious and the infamy for the persecutions. Those really gave him the amount of points. His saving grace. His Hail Mary, if you will. <laughs> Was his Hail Mary enough? Will he be raised to high king, reduced to a pathetic lesser lord, or burned at the pyre? Hell no. <laughs> His Hail Mary was not enough. 
No, it was not. Uh, I think burn him. I set him on fire. Get him out of here. We're done. Persecute yeah. him like he did with the Nicenes. Get out of here. Take your plague with you. Or <laughs> flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah, we need to burn the flesh-eating bacteria so it doesn't spread. Get out of here. Well, you got anything else to say about Hunterick? He was kind of a... Meh, a dud? King. He was kind of a dud after we had the wild ride of Geyserick, who's going to have to sustain us for a hot minute. Yeah, gets, yeah, marries a uh, Roman princess and loses her too. Loses the whole. (laughs) I didn't even think of that, yeah. So, yeah, I say angry angry man takes uh, strife with uh, religious ex-wife out on populace. That's a great one. That's a great way to describe him. I like that's that a one. headline right there. That is a headline. So yeah, not great, but <laughs> All right. at least it was something a little interesting to talk about. Yeah, a little, a little different. We'll move along in the story. Well, before we close out, I'd like to thank all of you for listening to that. And uh, hopefully you got some enjoyment either by us making fun of him or just learning something more about the Vandal Kingdom. Because we're not really talked about much. And uh, referring your our podcast to your friends and family. Every new listener is going to help build our little village into a great big kingdom. As we have said at the top of the show, if you want to expand your influence, be be like Geyserick and not like Hunterick and have your thoughts spoken on this podcast, please go to the Podchaser link in the show notes. Really easy. Have it right there for you. Click follow. Give your favorite history nerds five stars. If you don't want to give us five stars, that's okay. It just hurts our feelings a little bit. And then tell us who your favorite king or queen is if you got nothing to talk about and why they fascinate you if you have any questions comments or concerns you can email us at questforpowerpod at gmail.com until next time the king is dead long live the worms